It's the Song and Dance Podcast with Michael and Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Song and Dance Podcast. And I'm your host, Michael, and this is a podcast where we talk everything uh, Eurovision and now uh, anything American Song Contest. And um, I'm doing a special series for, from the fans of Eurovision and basically the fans of the American Song Contest. I know we only had one week, so there's not a lot of fans. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, we have, uh, yeah, just introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Joe, and I have been a lifelong Eurovision fan. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to go to Eurovision 2018 in Lisbon, and I've been following the contest since about 2014. Uh, when I heard that they were finally bringing this competition to America, I was incredibly excited, and I can't wait to get into uh, the details of the show and uh, the first episode, which aired last week. Since you said um, you you went to uh, Lisbon, that was also my uh, first uh, Eurovision um, in person. Oh no way! I wasn't in the like fan center. I was actually um, one of the uh, uh, press, um, so I didn't see a lot of fans. But if you were there, then I might have saw you. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I didn't go as press. I went as a fan. Uh, but I have to say the atmosphere was electric. I know, right? <laughs> Especially like, I did not know like how it felt just being in the uh, at the arena. I mean, it it's a whole different world when you set foot into the arena with all the fans there. Oh, absolutely. And, you know everyone's waving their flags it feels like it's the olympics but for music and it's been so incredible over these last few years especially watching eurovision grow from a bit more of a niche european thing to something that people from across the world including america are getting involved with now and uh of course now we have the american song contest which is super exciting yeah um yeah what i mean we be, at the time of recording, we just had the uh, first episode uh, last uh, Monday. So what did, th- did you think about the first episode? Well, uh, I think, honestly, the American Song Contest, it's off to, it's off to a, uh, a better than expected start, to be completely honest with you. Um, I'm aware that Christer Bjorkman and Ola Menzig uh, are on the team working uh, for the American Song Contest. Uh, so, of course, it has a little bit more of a Melody Festivalen style influence than I was anticipating. I think the entire Heats semifinals final format uh, is something that is very much adapted from Melfest. Um, I think, you know, I know it's a small show for now. It's just starting out. Uh, the stage is a little bit um, smaller than what I would have anticipated, uh, but I do have to say I was pleasantly surprised uh, by the quality of the show and the quality of the first uh, songs that we heard. Yeah, um, apart from Alexa, because I, that's everyone's favorite, like whatever other songs did you like or what other performances like the staging stuff did you like? 
You know, I, I'm not usually a huge fan of country, to be honest with you, but I was really, really touched by uh, Never Like This uh, from the wonderful state of Arkansas. I think the staging was beautiful with the petals around her. I think uh, it was something that was really, really touching. And she had an incredible voice. Who do you think it's going to make it to the, uh, the second round? Well, I think uh, it would be almost a crime to a lot of the Twitter stands that I've been seeing <laughs> if Alexa did not make it through. Yeah. So I, I would uh, I'd have to say definitely Alexa's a shoe in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the viewing audience uh, of this competition yet. I know that it uh, pulled in about two point between two point five and two point nine million viewers, but I'm not sure the demographics. Um, if it is the same kind of viewer demographics as The Voice, I could see Michael Bolton going through with a lot of the older population, you know, voting for him. Yeah. Um, if the audience skews a bit more young, I, I, I have to be honest, it was my least favorite song of the night, but I have seen the reaction online. New boot goofing. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that has just enough meme value that people are going to want to send that through. And especially since TikTok voting is uh, implementing, you know, yeah. I can't see that not going viral on TikTok. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole song is is I was just blown away by the song. Even this like this little uh, rehearsal snippet they released um, a couple of days before the show it was like, what? is a song i never heard anything like it and you know it's like cowboy rap and like i i don't i did not know how to process this <laughs> yeah i purposefully stayed away from watching the rehearsal clip so that i could be surprised on the night i was watching the postcard uh which i mean i do find the postcards to be a little bit on the longer side um but that's something that they can iron out later yeah. but when he said that we do country rap the very first thing that came to my mind was the smash hit song old town road by Lil nas x mm. and i kind of went into it expecting that kind of meme value uh, and needless to say i was not disappointed <laughs> yeah i know um what do you think about all the um like legacy artists like taking part i think that it's really good that there are some big names uh, I think uh, next week we're seeing Macy Gray. She's huge. Uh, last week uh, we had Michael Bolton. We have Jewel coming up for Alaska. Uh, there are some really, really big names, and I think that's important to lend an air of legitimacy to the competition. Uh, I think that in terms of the musical genres, at least from the first episode, we've seen a lot. I mean, we had indie rock uh, from Minnesota. We had K-pop. From Oklahoma, of all states, we've got Arkansas with country, country rap. Uh, Puerto Rico, of course, sent a Latin-infused song. I think that it's really nice that we're seeing a mix of genres. And I think that'll show, especially to all of the European viewers in Finland, Sweden, the Czech Republic, where it's being broadcast, that America is more than just generic pop and country. There's a lot to offer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I'm excited to, after the show, like, see what people think about the American music scene after this. Yeah. I mean, even for myself, um, 
I am very familiar with the United States. Uh, I have spent quite a bit of time in the United States. I've been lucky enough to visit 17 of the different states. But currently, I actually live just north of the border in, in Canada. Um, <laughs> I, I do visit Seattle on an almost weekly basis, or at least I used to before the COVID pandemic hit. Uh, and, you know, my heart still lies very much in America. Uh, and it's great to see state pride in something that isn't college football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like just sports in general. Yeah. Um, so there's like a little like. I want I don't want to say controversy um, in, with the uh, Eurovision Twitterverse um, that people are don't like that all the songs haven't been released prior to, to the competition. Um, and for me, I like, I don't like that. Like comparison, like people like bashing on the, uh, the, uh, song contest because it's not all the songs are not released beforehand. But if you go to like, um, Sweden, those songs are not released until the week of and if they win their self semifinal, if they go to the final you don't hear that song until the final you know right yeah no i completely understand where the euro fans are coming from there uh going into this competition knowing that it was a mainly swedish production team i kind of anticipated this uh and i think in the context of melody festivalen where it has you know, a 78% plus market share where all the Swedes are watching it. It can be an advantage if you are in the first rounds and uh, you happen to have your song released and everyone's hearing that on the radio. I think it's a bad move for the American Song Contest, though, because it doesn't have that kind of market share yet. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that it would give a huge advantage if the songs were released on streaming platforms ahead of them airing on live TV. That's one of the aspects that I would really change for next year. Uh, I think it's fair to compare it to Melody Festivalen, uh, but unfortunately, just because of the nature of the show and how new it is, I think we could drum up a lot more hype by having the songs released all at once earlier. I, I see your point. Um, yeah, if you, yeah, being, if you compare it to... Um, Melfest, it's you're right. They um they have the uh sem seventy percent plus uh market share. So, um, no, I, I see your point now. Um, I was <laughs> I was getting mad all week, <laughs> um, because people kept making that comparison. Um, was like, I uh, you know we want to. You know, it's it's a meme in the uh, Eurovision uh, Twitterverse. Like, like we want to rank uh, the songs. You know, we want to have our rankings, and we can't do this with um, the American Song Contest. Um, for me, it was like, why do we care? <laughs> but you know, I, I'm a cynical um, person, so um, basically anything gets me mad so <laughs> that's fair um i i understand that the part of people wanting to 
get out there and make their rankings right from the get-go. That's something that I don't necessarily think is that important. But what I do think could be really important is, hey, there's a great song out there. It's very memeable, but it's airing in the fourth heat, uh, the fourth qualification round. If that song is out there in the public and it gets picked up by TikTok and becomes a dance or something, it will be associated with the American Song Contest and likely drive up the ratings for that episode. And people are going to be more likely to want to stay, come back, engage with the show. We know how American TV is. If shows don't get ratings, they get canceled. The last thing I want is for this brand new fledgling show uh, to get canceled. Uh, So I would honestly really love if Atlantic Records, the partner uh, for the American Song Contest, would consider releasing the songs a bit earlier, even if it's just to drum up hype and maybe get some radio airplay. No, you're, you're right. Um, Because I think because the, um, especially since the American song contest is new and, you know, there, there was uh, on Twitter, there was always people to, are, are considering the contest, a, a flop based on the first episode because um after the first hour um the the uh viewership apparently dropped a, a lot and I, I and i think it was because all the artists were for media stuff the artists were uh, instructed to say it, it um it premieres on the 21st and i know there was no like the show is on the 21st but i'm going to be on the 28th or i'm going to be in the fourth heat in april you know um there's so much um secrecy about like who is going to be in what round and that's and that's the thing i don't like you know um because um why why keep that secret um apparently there was for uh uh guam uh jason j um you know he was um advertising the show on his social media and saying like you know my you know the song i'm gonna be in the show the show goes on on the 21st and then people were pissed off that after during his show he did not show up at all and then he had to say like you know i'm like i'm going to be in this i'm going to be in the on on like not the, the date but i'm going to be on one is around so look out for me but like no one knows like when Wam is going to be on on the show right i think they could really benefit from some more transparency there uh, and i think the other issue here is i think a lot of us are very keen to compare the American Song Contest to Eurovision, whereas for an American audience, people are comparing it to shows like uh, America's Got Talent or The Voice, when it is a fundamentally different format altogether. I mean, this is a song contest rather than a singing contest. Uh, And if you're looking at it from the view of somebody who wants to watch The Voice or wants to watch uh, America's Got Talent, with those kinds of shows, if you have a favorite, you know when they're going to be on uh, and it's going to be consistent. 
whereas with the American Song Contest, we are only just hearing about who's going to be in each heat, essentially on a week by week basis. Uh, and I think that definitely plays into why the viewership dropped off. I also think that there are other reasons for the drop off in uh, viewership as well, but I'll, I'll get into that uh, a bit later. Steer the conversation to uh, Eurovision for a, a little while. Um, so, like, what got you into Eurovision? Well, that's a great question. Uh, what really got me into Eurovision, a funny story, uh, is I was on uh, Reddit. And there's this amazing subreddit out there called r slash Poland Ball. And they make geopolitical comics, essentially. Uh, and there was one that was posted about this so-called song contest where all of these countries are coming together to compete with an original song. Uh, and I thought, my gosh, there are so many countries involved. There are 43. <laughs> and... It seems like the Olympics, I guess, now that I've seen it and I've heard the name, I'll just check it out and see what it's all about. And from the second that I tuned in uh, as a huge fan of live TV uh, and lighting and essentially spectacle that's very well produced, I was blown away by the quality. I think uh, the staging for every single song uh, is so unique. The number of lighting fixtures used through the roof, uh, the choreography, the camera work, it all just really struck me. And from there, I started listening to the songs and realizing, my gosh, there are some really great songs in here. Uh, went back, looked at some of the past winners, and of course, amazing winners like Lorraine from Sweden 2012, uh, which I'd heard on the radio. Uh, of course, uh, ABBA, Celine Dion, um, Katrina and the Waves, uh, and uh, you know, a whole host of other great artists out there. Uh, and I kind of got into it from there. Uh, it was like a snowball effect almost. Yeah. Um, so based on, I'm assuming you heard like a majority of the songs up to this point, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, do you have a, a favorite song, a favorite country? Uh, favorite song would you say a uh, favorite, favorite song or favorite country of all time or for the last, um, um, of all time. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, that that is a tough question. I know there's a little bit of recency bias at play here. However, uh, I'd say one of my favorite songs of all time and recent memory actually, uh, was the second placer from 2021 Barbara Pravi with the song Voila. I think the French language is absolutely beautiful. Uh, no bias here as a Canadian, uh, but I, I love hearing it. Uh, I love the Edith Piaf kind of vibes that she gave. The performance was st stripped back and, and simple, but at the same time, incredibly impactful. The lyrics were beautiful and gripped me from even the national final. Uh, so I'd say that's one of my favorites. Uh, in terms of favorites of all time, this is going to surprise nobody when I say that uh, one of my other favorites is, of course, Euphoria from 2012. <laughs> uh, I know it's been the perennial winner of ESC 250. Uh, and uh, who am I to say no to the popular consensus? <laughs> yeah. Um, and in terms of other ones that really I enjoyed, um, 2013 Anouk Birds, uh, I think that is one of my favorite songs of all time as well. Not just because uh, it 
kind of ushered in a renaissance for the Netherlands in terms of what entries they were sending. But I also think it was incredibly impactful and it was a beautiful arrangement. Um, so I would have to say Anouk Birds is also up there with my favorites. In terms of the countries uh, that I enjoy the most, uh, I have noticed that I think France has a really good track record recently. In the 2000s and early 2010s, uh, they did flounder about. Uh, so if I have to pick for consistency, and this is where I'm going to really start getting in trouble with Eurofans here because <laughs> I'm going against the grain here. Everyone thinks they're overrated. I think that they have a track record for slickly produced songs that are always catchy. I cannot think of a year that I did not enjoy their songs, including the Anna Beriendal year. It's sweet. <laughs> so you, you weren't watching um, live when uh, um, Sweden did not make it to the uh, final in 2011. No, I, I was not there for that. I assumed that the entire country had a meltdown. Oh, yeah. No, um, the whole... <laughs> whole country like kind of half of the internet eurovision fans but um also it was like the other half was like well we expected this why are you surprised but um do you have uh, a favorite or like a top five of this year's songs i do uh i would say that my favorite songs for this year are without a doubt uh, the quote-unquote sad girl ballads uh so they're all in my top five greece uh, with that beautiful song uh die together i was listening to the leaked uh version of that song on loop for several days uh, non-stop i absolutely love that song the production is great so amazing um i would have to say that uh of course the Diept by Stan, sorry, uh, from the Netherlands is also in my top five. Uh, Hold Me Closer is my number one for this year. I guess I really am a Sweden fan through and through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and rounding out my other two top picks, uh, I would have to say Fulaine from France. Uh, I am very sad to not have the French language in the competition this year but i do think that fulen is an amazing song and it certainly deserves to go far whether or not it, it uh, has jury appeal we will see but i think the public will respond to it in a similar way that they responded to shum last year and uh, you know it's a toss-up for that fifth spot i think this is a weaker year than average uh but i will for the purposes of this podcast i'm gonna put the uk uh, in my hey. spot, you know, I think they deserve credit for having a massive glow up from last year. And if they finish last, I think that'll be a travesty. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Wow. You're, you're playing to my Eurovision heart right now. <laughs> I was, I was going to say like, what about the UK? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, the UK is going to be at most top 10 maybe 10th um based on like um the public vote but i think the juries are gonna get him far i think so too i mean the falsetto is impeccable we've seen him perform it live yeah he's a very talented artist he has a massive tiktok following of more than 10 million uh 
followers on TikTok. And I just don't see the song not doing well. Um, I think if the UK isn't in the top five, I think they are going to be on the left-hand side of the scoreboard. And I don't think there will be any way for the UK media to spin that as a loss. Yeah. <laughs> because the, I don't think, like, even the BBC, are, they're not like saying like, this is like the one is the favorites to win and like, you know, watch your vision because we're actually good. Like they're like, just, you know, just watch your vision. You know, we have it. And he's our, uh, our uh, artist. So vote, uh, no, go, uh, go UK. I'm like, I'm yeah. not saying, I'm not saying a, a lot of like fanfare about like, how how the uh, fans at least are are receiving the song it also had a bit of a uh how would i describe it uh it, it, I, as we're all aware the fact that that song was going to eurovision uh it was probably the worst kept secret in uk history uh we all knew going in uh, that it was going to be him with the song spaceman it did get some radio play on BBC Radio 1. I think that this year, the BBC is really trying to put everything that they can uh, into the artist and promoting him. And I think, yes, it's not a lot. It's not like what we're seeing from, for example, Sweden, where Hold Me Closer is still number one on the charts. But I think that it is an improvement from previous years. We don't have to go to last year to say that as an example. I think anything they sent uh, this year would be an improvement from last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of other songs that are, in my opinion, uh, really exemplary of countries stepping up their game, I also have to give massive props to Portugal for stepping up their game consistently since 2017. Of course, um, we had that incredible winner uh, with uh, a really, really beautiful song. I still listen to his music, uh, and I think it's it's a really beautiful, touching song. And they kept with that momentum with Salvador Sobral. Uh, you know, 2018, Claudia Pascual, I, that was one of my favorite songs. The fact that it finished so long is just a product of 2018 being an exceptionally strong year. Uh, 2019 was daring and fresh with Tere Moves. Uh, and I think we're seeing Portugal really trying this year again with Saudade, Saudade. Uh, and Mauro, what an incredible artist. She's had collaborations with Jacob Collier, one of the best musicians of our time. And this song is touching, it is simple, and it is in my top six. Uh, I think between Spaceman and Saudade, Saudade, those are really, really great, strong entries. Um, so... I, I'm th- uh, taking it. You're not one of those uh, fans that are saying or crying that wow, this is this is the worst year ever, ever. I don't think I'd go as far as to say that it's one of the worst years ever. Uh, I definitely would not uh, count myself in that camp. I think it is on the whole. Uh, you know, the top. 20 or so songs are very good. I will put it that way. They're good. But we do have a surprising number this year of songs that don't really inspire. Uh, and I think 
that we haven't really seen that since maybe 2017. And in some ways, that's a good thing because that means there is no runaway winner this year. It could be a Mata Tenfjord. It could be the Netherlands again. It could be Sweden. And I think it's nice to have open years. I do just wish that uh, the, the lower half of all of the songs this year were a bit stronger. Based on, I don't know if you heard like the the leaked um, 30 seconds uh, of the songs for this upcoming Monday's episode. Um, if you have, do you have a favorite Unfortunately, I have not had a chance to check out the leaks yet, but I will say that uh, I have taken a look at the artists and their back catalog uh, and, you know, kind of looked into each one of them before the, the qualifier round on Monday. And for now, I would say that my the songs that I'm most excited for would be Every Night by Macy Gray from Ohio. I think Macy Gray is an amazing R&B artist. I also am really excited to see what courtship brings from Oregon. I think they're going to have a really, really fresh sound. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I listened to their, um, their uh, teaser leak. And I would say it, it is a fresh da- sound. It s- seems so modern. And like I feel like people will vote for it if the juries don't uh, vote for, for them to go through. Well, I'm very excited for the second episode, and uh, hopefully it'll be a fantastic show. I'm going to say it, even though I know it's not going to come true. I wish that there were fewer ads. Uh, realistically, that's not going to happen. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, we can hope. Yeah, we can only hope. But it's the states. It's a capitalist society, and because it's there's no like um, televotes that. NBC has to have a way to make money. So that's true. I just wish that it wasn't after every single song that there was an ad. I think there was one particularly funny case uh, where there was an ad for some uh, prescription drug, which again is a uniquely American thing. And they were rattling through all the side effects. Uh, And then it went directly from that into Michael Bolton, beautiful world. And I just (laughs) died laughing. (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited for the show. I will definitely be watching again uh, as both an ESC and ASC fan. And, you know, I have my gripes with the show uh, and I'm sure they'll be ironed out with time. But for now, I'm pleasantly surprised. Before we uh, end the uh, interview, is there a a state that you're just uh, no matter what uh, rooting for? You know, there is a bit of a perception in in the U.S. and also here in Canada that the West is very proud of being the West and the Pacific Northwest with all our rainforests and, uh, you know, the beautiful foliage, uh, hashtag travel Washington, hashtag travel BC. Uh, So as far as I'm concerned, you know, I am excited for Oregon. I'm excited for Washington. Once I hear those two states, I'll be very happy. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Joe, for uh, having the interview with us. And thank you for being interested in the podcast. No worries. I really hope that this is a huge success. And again, thank you so much for having me on. It is great to talk ESC and ASC. Yeah, I, I, I know the feeling. So thank you. Hey, guys, this is Nitro Nitro representing Delaware in the American Song Contest with the song Train. 
You're listening to the Song and Dance Podcast with Michael and Rachel. Bye. You can subscribe to the Song and Dance Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. Leave a review and please subscribe.